Yeah. Alex, Max here. Anyway, just wanted to let you know, I guess, three things, three, three main things. Uh, one, I bought my second pair of skinny jeans today. So that's pretty much what I wear now, um, socially at least. Uh, second, I'm officially a Democrat as of more or less today. Maybe about a week ago, but officially today. I decided when I saw Roger Goodell giving a press conference about criminal justice reform that uh, we pretty much jumped the shark and there's no point in fighting the tide. Uh, and uh, listen to country music now. I'm listening to Keith Urban right now in my car. Anyway, pull me back as soon as you can. Okay, right, bye. Welcome to Landline Podcast. I'm a professional voiceover artist that Alex could never have actually gotten unless I was his friend from 10 years ago. It's Tuesday. That means it's Landline Podcast. Thank you so much for coming back, listening to us again. As always, the best thing you can do for the show is tell a friend or call the landline, the new Portland landline, 503-894-8480. That's right. It's 503 894 8480 today on landline we talk energy drinks thanksgiving snafus fancy ovens craigslist scams everything you want to hear here it comes landline landline max landline yeah can you hear me yeah what's going on over there very unprofessional i don't know my phone's been acting weird lately Ever since my roommate fixed it, I'm doing air quotes, and I had to take it to the uh, Apple store and get everything basically zeroed out. It's been uh, acting weird. How's your Snapchat keeping up? Oh, it's good. It's still there. Nice. To get on it, and uh, if nothing more than just to look at my stories. What's your usual like Snapchat frame? Like what? What sort of what? What? What genre of Snapchatter are you? Um, I do mostly dog pictures, and then I do a lot of food pictures, um, and then I'll attach like hashtags to my food pictures, even though it doesn't like link to anything like it would on Instagram or something. And uh, I'll throw in like an obscure hashtag like uh, Scientology or something like that, freak people out, or like it'll be my lunch. It'll say, like, abs are made in the kitchen, or hashtag abs are made in the kitchen, hashtag keto diet, hashtag Pence 2020, or something like that. I can't tell whether you're just making all these, uh, like, major meals to take pictures of as, like, you're trolling all of the diets out there, or if you're actually subscribing to the stuff that you're sending. Is, is this performance art, or are you actually, like, drinking coffee with butter and coconut oil in it? Yeah, that's the the keto coffee. I I do drink that every morning, three cups of it. (laughs) (laughs) 
And what do you think That's the good. what's well, the Well, so all right, so well, I'll I'll in, put that in context though. The keto coffee or bulletproof coffee, I mean, the keto coffee that I sent you the picture of with all the different stuff in it, that's basically just another version of the bulletproof coffee. Um, and that's only good if you, or good for you if you drink it in accordance with like these kind of specific uh, diet restrictions. It's not really restrictions, but just guidelines in terms of like the window that you can eat in and what foods you can eat. And it's nothing, you know, groundbreaking. It's all just healthy food eaten within, you know, a six to nine hour window. But the keto coffee is really good about giving you um, a lot of energy right off the bat. And it'll sort of satiate your appetite because of the MCT oil. And it'll carry you until that, you know, say 2 p.m., uh, start time or whatever it is that you start start feeding. So, so you don't eat before two p.m. Well, in theory, correct. The only other guy but, that I've ha- I've talked to about doing this is like a back to the land Vermont hippie, and I don't mean like hippie in uh you know misappropriation of that word. Like he's a re- he's the real thing. Like doesn't you know. The whole nine yards, no deodorant, fixes up his own car, lives in an A-frame in the middle of Vermont. Great guy, farms, figured out a new way to organically farm cabbage so that they're like 50 pounds. And he, yeah. he also doesn't eat until lunch. And it has some, I don't know, what's the story with this? This can't be good for you. This is a horrible idea. Um, depends who you ask, if you ask. Uh, the uninformed, they'll say what you said. Um, they are stupid, however. Uh, if you ask uh, the experts, uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick, for instance, would say that a nine-hour window is ideal. She said a 12-hour window is um, the most that you want to do. And a nine-hour, some pe- you know, I know some people who do the six-hour window, but uh, the studies that she cited were that the rats who ate within the uh, six to nine to twelve hour windows—I think it was three of them—all had uh, much lower body fat and much more muscle than the rats who ate in, like, say, the fifteen-hour window. Like most people, probably, if you get up at seven a.m., you have breakfast right around then. You probably don't—you know—the last thing you eat is maybe around nine p.m. or ten p.m. So that's a pretty long window, and that's uh, not good. You don't want to do that. So then how is what you're doing improving upon that situation? Aren't you making it not even – you're not eating even longer? Are you waking up in the middle of the night and eating? No. It, like uh, in theory, I would eat my first meal. Well, I would have the keto coffee. So that if you include the keto coffee – that puts you much closer to the 12-hour window, but let's just exclude that just for the sake of argument. So then I would say, you know, my first meal would be at 2 p.m. Last meal would be between 8 and 9 p.m. So you're going to want to eat um, pretty frequently. Um, has to be healthy foods, obviously, and that is, um, the, you know, that's a little bit, uh, too restricted 
for me because I tend to do my exercising in the morning, so it doesn't really work that well. But, you know, if I do like 11 a.m. to 8 p.m., that's sort of ideal for me. And again, it's not, you know, this isn't, I didn't do these experiments in my basement. These are uh, actually uh, scientist-performed experiments, so. All right, well, where does your binging at Taco Bell at 2 in the morning fit into the schedule? Um, it's, you know, counterproductive, certainly. But any day that you do the good diet is a good day, and any day that you don't, obviously, is a bad day. You want to have more good days than bad days. Um, if you want to look really, really good, then I would say you know, have one cheat meal a week. Uh, most people can't do that, but, you know, most people look pretty disgusting, so. Well, we, you wanted to get to fat people. You had a lot of demands for this podcast, the first of which was uh, that I make sure everyone knew at the beginning that the only reason you were doing this was so that someone would call you on the phone, not because you cared about being on the podcast. Yeah, that's that's paramount. And it's like the most recent, although it wasn't your second demand, the most recent demand, I think, jumped up the totem pole to be second most important, was which was that I promise that your parents never hear this ever. Yeah, that's important. So um, that's just because you it's just it, it, it would be uh, it would be um, cripplingly embarrassing for you. Or do you want to talk about that or should we just leave that? that up in the air i just wouldn't want to i wouldn't be comfortable using like swear words or talking about sexual stuff or anything like that it would be inappropriate i would think all right and and the diet itself is for it's for your physique more than anything else or is it for making you feel good like what is what is the end goal like a completely ripped 12 pack that you can like snapchat the yes exactly the end goal is to be shredded yes but uh, you know, that goes along with feeling better, more focus, um, and performing much better. But, you know, physically, like, for instance, you know, I would say I probably, you know, I'm just totally guessing here, but I probably have the cardiovascular system of somebody who could run, you know, maybe a 235, 800, maybe even faster than that. But I'm basically that person. Oh God, this guy just pulled away from the uh, gas pump with his uh, tank open. That's funny. Um, but I'm basically that person wearing a fat suit. So I'm running more like a 250, 800. So, well, I don't particularly care what my 800 time is because you know I'm not going to be in the Olympics most likely. Um, you know, if I improve how I look, then, you know, my performance will improve also. Well, we promised people uh, a discussion, speaking of energy and fitness, of energy drinks today. Um, okay. Just why don't you set the scene? You're at the Sheets. You like to podcast from the Sheets. It's the Greensboro Sheets or the South Greensboro Sheets or where where in town are you? Um. Maybe I won't give my, my location out. I'm at A Sheets, yeah. And uh, I actually, I was going to do the one by uh, my dad's house because I'm dog-sitting for them tonight. But I uh, 
I didn't remember if I locked the door at work, so I had to drive all the way back into town, which was like 20 minutes, to drive by and make sure the door was locked, which it was, which I actually do that like three times a month. And uh, so now I'm at the sheets by work. Well, I can completely resonate with that story. So we moved into a nice house in Portland. We're renting, obviously, because we have no money and we have about $150,000 of negative net worth. And one of the... uh, perks of the deal including the you know tons of space and an extra bedroom two bathrooms two full baths shower the whole nine yards great views is a garage with an electric garage opener but the way that the house is set up the garage is completely separate from the home and it's actually facing out to the main street you have to walk down Mm -hmm. a couple of stairs and it's almost like a little carriage house not that it's fancy but just that's probably how it was set up originally and i left the door open all night the first week we were staying here with Anna's $500 bike inside. And I think that I now go outside to the yard in my underwear at least three nights a week at four in the morning because I'm just petrified that I do it every single time. And you, you think that the electric door opener, which is very convenient when you're pulling the car in is, you know, on the plus side of things. But the reality is if I had to shut the garage every time, well, do you think it would be any better that that physical act of me like slamming it closed and hearing it shut would, would seal the deal? I mean, there are sometimes I think when I hit the button again, when I get into the how there's one inside the house, I hit the button to close it. And then I like my thumb re hits it and opens it back up. But it was open again last week. I think I've found it open at least five times. Yeah. It's hard to relax when you have like a mental image of a bunch of a uh, bunch of little street urchins in Portland, like setting up shop in your uh, garage, which is not far from the case. Given where we live last night, a guy in a 1998 white Volvo S 70 slept outside as well as a guy in a, I would say, like maybe a 94 Navy Blue Legacy, Subaru Legacy wagon. Um, Both were using our street as, um, you know, smaller RV parking. Um, I would imagine the squatter's laws in Portland probably don't really favor the homeowner. Well, they're tightening it up. So Columbia Sports, which is headquartered here, you know, famous for jackets that we all wore in eighth grade. Um, oh, good jackets. They're now – they basically just did a huge anti-homeless campaign recently because they put up a big stink because they're – um, their employees are literally afraid to walk from their parked cars to the head of the building because, ho- like, the homeless are spraying feces on them, et cetera. <laughs> and basically they said, that you know, it sounded like the party line was, look, we're, we voted for Obama twice too, but this is crossing a line. We don't want our employees' cars broken into. It's an issue. They... Portland has tried to like, you know, that's growing, it's becoming richer and they're trying to tighten up the homeless scene. And so now the homeless are tenting in between like freeway um, on ramps and not necessarily in parks because they've been kicked out. But they're still here. I mean, they you know, the West Coast is full of homeless people. It's yeah, I was at um, I was at work at, at the bar that I work at the other night. 
and a uh, homeless lady, I think it was a crackhead or something, came up and uh, asked if I had a tampon that she could have. Wow. So sort of combining all the things that I really engrossed out by. Crack, homeless Be- people, and periods? Well, I wasn't even including crack in that. But, I mean, maybe I just uh, listened to too many of the uh, Corolla Show podcasts, but if you're not, like, a crazy person or a drug addict, but you are homeless, then that should be treated as, like, I don't want to say a criminal, but, like, we shouldn't be, shouldn't be, uh, you know, acquiescing to these people. Yeah, I don't know. It's all fucked. I really, I, 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 there's a million different points of view on it. Clearly, yeah, I think there's certainly a handful of people who are institutionally homeless because they choose to be. There's people who have, you know, never were anywhere when they were born. They were born poor. They were born in an abusive home or whatever. But, um, you know, I don't know. I don't, it feels like people have been homeless forever. I don't. It's like one of those things where it, it's just it's like war. It's just been it, it's always going on. It seems to be part of our DNA. Um, I had a uh, on speaking of people who just can't get it together. I was driving up to D.C., I don't know, two months ago or something. And it was real. I was really tired. Cause it was like one in the morning. So I pull into this rest area, take a nap. And I wake up like an hour later, try and turn the car on. And it won't start. And I realized that I basically left some light on, not the full headlights, but some other light on. So this was at like 2 a.m. So I had to just sit at the fucking rest area. I think until either 10 or 11 a.m., until somebody could uh, give me a jump start, so there are probably plenty sort of, like, of a homeless person. plenty of other guys parked in that parking lot who would be willing to help you out for a small price. Well, the thing is, nobody really had uh, jumper cables, including so I found some guys that eventually did. Well, you know your long trips on the road, which you've been famous for for decades now. That's how old we're getting. Uh, yeah. bring bring to mind your addiction to caffeine, which we kind of wanted to be an entree into the energy drink sector of the economy, which is bold. Uh, yeah. My dad's favorite new joke is, you want to know what the Vermont breakfast is? And someone says, what? At the convenience store, of course, Jake's, where he also gets his breakfast, by the way. So it takes one to yeah. do one. It's a pack of cigarettes mm-hmm. or a tin of dip, depending on. It's like, you know, sausage McMuffin or just straight up egg. It's just yeah. whichever way you go. A, like sausage or bacon. A, exactly. A scratch ticket and then a can or two of Monster. And, yeah. um, you know. Two for mo- four, usually. <laughs> What'd you say? Two for four. So what's so so we let let's you know back in the day it was just coffee right you drank coffee at night and you'd have a cup of coffee before you took your large American sedan on a five and a half hour road trip sixty miles away to pick somebody up from you know the steamership or whatever it was and yeah. then there were there you know p- the pills no dose um any sort yeah. of just basically what yeah. eph- ephedrine is that what it is i mean any sort of uh uh amphetamine is really what it's what it is at its core N- 
all the trucker speed. The, what is all that stuff? You used to take that stuff. Yeah, it's funny. I, hadn't, I haven't even thought about Noto since 2003. Um, that shit would really get you jacked. Um, I don't know what was in it. I think they they basically, whatever what was in it that worked, they took that off the market. So now I think that all those pills probably just have like caffeine or taurine or something. They're probably no different than a uh, energy drink now. But I mean, it's I, it's worth saying that uh, I'm not an energy drink drinker. I'm a coffee drinker, but uh, I just do the Blue Monsters before I do the podcast. More as like a ritual. I love that. Well, we need it. Um, it's yeah. very on brand for you as our our whistling Dixie reporter or whatever we're gonna call yeah. you. So, no, so th- well, so wait, we got to I want to ke- hold on. Go ahead. I just want to keep going over sort of the history in my mind, and you can chime in where you think I'm wrong. But then Red Bull comes onto the scene, right? I mean, Red Bull is a, a major inflection point in the history of, of caffeine delivery systems. So um, I believe Belgian, no, Austrian company, still independently owned. And yeah. they taurine was, is like the major point of attack there, right? What is taurine? I think it's taurine and maybe guarana. Yeah. I don't know. Guarana. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what uh, what those are. Well, guarana, guarana sounds naturally devi- uh, devised, whatever, d- n- derived. And by the way, call the landline 503-894-8480 and tell us what guarana is. Leave a message. We'll put you on the podcast. And then taurine must be manufactured in the lab, right? I mean, there's no way that taurine is something they pulled out of a plant, or maybe it is. I have no idea. Maybe we should have done research. We need a producer. But well, so, go ahead. I mean, my first my first memories of Red Bull was the rumor that I think if you drank seven of them in a row, you would die, <laughs> and that maybe they had, like, deer blood in it, something like that. Um, but I knew a guy in North Carolina of... Uh, I don't know, five or six years ago. And I don't know if he's still alive, but he drank, I want to see on, on average, he drank about 13 Red Bulls a day. I don't believe you. Uh, Is that true? I didn't believe it either. It was a guy that we used to party with a lot. And uh, not a lot, but occasionally. And sure enough, he like he was not exaggerating, not lying, just gassing cigarettes all day. And... um he would come over to our house sometimes before we'd go out and he would bring a cooler of Red Bulls and just crush like three or four before we'd even go out. The guy was an animal. And, you know, I'm never one to support illicit drugs. I'm a full-fledged supporter of marijuana now that it's legal in my state. Uh, But I'm not going to say that, you know, I want to pay for the tree of human trafficking to succeed that's associated with the cocaine world but at that point if you're drinking 13 red bulls a day i mean they're what even even adjusting for inflation for whenever that was 2003 um you're looking at three dollars a pop so you're in you're in 50 bucks a day on red bull i mean how about just a few key bumps you know buy an eight ball and and portion it out for the week i think you'll get way more done you can still gas the cigarettes but i think you're your the, this, your stomach lining will be in much better shape. The last time I saw this guy, it was like three in the morning. 
and he was doing cocaine off of some 20-year-old's breasts. So wow, maybe we should all be drinking 13 Red Bulls a day. You know? right. I don't know. All right. Well, we yeah. Instead of the autopsies that they do on like the CTE patients associated with like football and hockey, this guy's should somebody should do a Red Bull study on this guy's liver when he dies, or maybe he's dead yeah. already. So the, the the thing the redeeming quality of Red Bull and I remember Red Bull vodkas. I mean, I remember having I think three Red Bull vodkas one night at a bar, and I you know you would wake up at three in the morning and your heart was ready to burst out of your chest. Like you might have gotten drunk enough to fall asleep, but you were not going back to sleep after that alcohol wore off. But the redeeming quality of Red Bull was that it was in small cans, right? I mean, the the can size was such that it was designed in a way to say, look, this is an elixir of power and caffeine and, you know, enlightenment and fun, and we're going to package it in a small, like, uh, unknown European can size to show you that you really don't want too much of it. And we could go on Red Bull for hours. I mean, the idea of, of it being like a party drug, the idea of I think somebody killed themselves on it, right? I mean, you could kill yourself on it drinking too much or you could just have too many Red Bull vodkas. And then they started saying, you know, Surgeon General warning, don't mix caffeine or energy drinks with alcohol. The other element of Red Bull, a really good marketing strategy, is they would bring coolers into the bars. Like they would have their own Red Bull branded cooler. That was even before yeah. they started sponsoring all of the like squirrel suit dives off of um, you know Half Dome, and and they got people to say Red Bull, and they would they were very aggressive. I know this from my experiences of being a line cook in Bend, Oregon. They were very aggressive with keeping Monster on tap out of bars and they would get people to make sure that they requested Red Bull vodka and that monster and vodka wasn't good enough. So that was one of their main distribution strategies, but well, go ahead. Uh, I have um, quite a bit of experience with both Red Bull and vodka and monster and vodka. Um, well, I have a lot of experience with Red Bull and vodka. I still do vodka bombs every time I go out. Um, but the monster and vodka one time at um at a party in norwich i don't remember what year it was a few years ago um i got comboed pretty hard off of monster and aristocrat vodka and uh got really really fucked up didn't really go well i ended up getting asked to leave the party and then i had to walk uh all the way back to mark's house in leb and actually um when I got to Trumbull Nelson, um, Tony, who's Tony's last name? Alvarenga. Alvarenga, yeah. He pulled over and picked me up at like six in the morning. It was, yeah, I hadn't seen him in like 10 years. Anyway. So, those sort of things can happen when you mix vodka and monster. Not a good idea. So, no. so then Red Bull. Now, look, I don't know how the timeline goes. We need to do like a full scale case study on energy drinks if we're going to come up with all the details and we're going to need a little bit more funding for that to happen. But the reality is at some point, I don't know whether Red Bull started making their cans bigger or if they or Monster entered the market and then they made their cans bigger. But you could all, it, just like you can get a king size Snickers or you can get. 
you know, those Reese's Pieces packs that have four cups instead of two or, you know, whatever it happens to be the the extra large, you could start getting there was they made a 12 ounce Red Bull. So it was the first one, I think, was 8.1 ounces or 7.8 ounces. Then they went to the like they went to a 12 ounce for a soda can. Then you could get like a tall boy, like basically, a you know, the equivalent of a Paps Blue Ribbon tall boy can of Red Bull, which was what for s- supposedly splitting with other people? No, it's to just chug all yourself um, and get completely fucked up. So I don't know where Monster, when Monster came on, but this is all a long winded way of saying there are now at least 50 energy drinks in any given convenience store. And I just don't understand, and I would love to have your point of view on this, how people decide what sort of energy drink person they're going to be. Or is it just Rockstar and Red Bull, and then there's, like, who? what is Nas? And wasn't there another competitor besides Monster? Rockstar. Yeah, I'm seeing it right here in your photo. So so straighten us out. Like, who, who are all these players and, ha- like, what what kind of demographic chooses what kind of energy drink when they go into the into the place? Well, so a couple different things. As far as the 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 can, the size and can, the difference in the size and can, it's sort of indicative of just um, American ass kicking in general. You have the Austrians, the limp-wristed Europeans, coming in with these tiny little cans and then slowly ratcheting it up. And then an American company just stepped in with, I think the smallest monster can is like 16 ounces or something. They're giant. Um, And then uh, if you were looking for a group to study as far as energy drinks goes, then look no further than the North Carolina National Guard because we have every kind of energy drink drinker and all of them drink so many of them that it's sort of mind-blowing and they're all pretty committed to their brand and i mean i know guys who have these like um not really koozies because they're like hard metal almost like a yeti uh cup but they're made to put a monster can in they're the same size as a monster can and then we have guys who will when we go to the field we have um bradley's these armored vehicles and guys will just bring a cooler full of Monster with them to get them through the two days that we're in the field or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I've met a lot of very serious energy drink drinkers in the last couple of years. And, you know, putting your college football team's decal or, you know, NRA bumper sticker or your coexist peace sign, whatever it is, I get that. You know, politics funny jokes what compels somebody to put a monster decal the width of their f2 jacked up f250 on that tinted back window like is it like mary Kay where they're selling in some sort of pyramid scheme or no like they like that is that like a swinging thing like if you're a like a sort of fat 38 year old redneck who you know lives in a in a um, planned community 15 minutes from downtown and you're like into two-on-one sex positions then monster stickers for you uh well i'm sure that those 
those same guys would be into that if it was available to them. I don't think they would say no, but um, I mean, I've noticed a lot of that down here. And um, the North Carolina redneck is very loyal to their brands, you know, whether it's Monster, Copenhagen, Grizzly, whatever. Salt Life. Um, yeah, the Salt Life, that's that's a little bit less rednecky and more sort of a frat boy. But yeah. Dave, uh, Ma- well, the, Dave the Matthews Band. Very committed to energy drink brand, tobacco brand, soda brand, and probably their vehicles too, to a little bit less of a degree. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's sort of like a status thing, a symbol, kind of like putting up the, you know, raising the flag and see, see who's with you, who's against you. Kind of like that scene in, um, was it American History X when he fight, he gets to prison and he takes off his shirt to show his uh, white supremacy tattoos so the other guys knew that he was part of the club. It's, you know, similar to a less less extreme degree, I'm sure. But It's just, the, yeah. the like, what status are you showing with your energy drink choice? You know, if you want to be a white supremacist, that's, you know, you're going to have a group there that stands for something, certainly. And if you want to, like, show that you went to the Masters with your with your polo shirt, that's also a subset of our culture. You know, what energy drink? I mean, what are the what 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 is the end game? What are you going to when everyone lines their trucks up with the stickers? Is it just like if you run out of your own monster, out of your own cooler, you're sure to have a buddy who can help you out? Well, I think it's more like like wearing a polo, like a, a Ralph Lauren polo shirt in Chapel Hill. Like, there's no real end game besides just showing that you've met that sort of basic criteria in terms of fitting in. So, yeah, I think it's just it's just it's just sort of a check in the box box. They got to do it a to fit in, and also. You know, these guys drink a lot of Monster, and they really enjoy it. And uh, I think they just want to represent. Now, are they sending away for the stickers? Is it like, you know, clipping the little, like, uh, you? Well, remember when we were kids in the cereal box, what would they say? Like, not the UPC code, but there was some proof yeah, of proof of purchase. Out. Proof of purchase. Um, I, I have no idea how they get them. I, I wouldn't put it past them at all to buy one off of Amazon or something Ugh. like the real big ones. Maybe, yeah, you do have to send away for those. Um, maybe if you buy like a 24 pack of monster, it comes with a sticker. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they, they may send away for them. I don't know. Now, what about Rockstar? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, the Rockstar people I've found to be a little bit less, um, less showy about it but probably just as committed. You know, like I was telling you before, there's a girl I work with who drinks several rock stars a day, and she knows, like, the difference between each flavor. And uh, somebody asked her if, you know, let's say she had Black Cherry Rockstar, and somebody, you know, asked her about, like, how was it? She was like, oh, they're really good, but good luck finding one in a store, as if, like, that particular brand, that flavor is really hard to find. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, a big deal for them. Oh man. And, and what, so what kind you're, you're shoot, you're in solidarity of the show. You're drinking a rock star right now. Like tell us what you chose. Tell us what it tastes like. And like, and tell us how late you think you're going to stay up. I mean, it's 
just for full disclosure, it's 10.30 at night on the East Coast right now where Max is. I, I won't yeah. get any more specific with your location than that. And he's drinking a rock star. So I think he's going to have an awful night. Although we should get into what sort of television you're going to watch afterwards. But, yeah, t- t- tell us about the rock star. Well, I'm drinking a Blue Monster. That's a zero-calorie. Um, the flavor is blue, and uh, it is blue. The can's blue, and uh, I don't remember how I got into him exactly. I think this uh, chick that I used to work with drank drank him occasionally, and so I just got curious about him and had one. And then uh, the first uh, pod we did, I had one, and uh, been doing it ever ever since. Ever since, we, or every time we do the pod, at least. So, what is like? You're gonna fi- are you gonna finish the whole can? Yeah, I already finished it. And what are you worried? Are you worried about falling asleep tonight? No, not really. I mean, I slept until like noon today, so that'll probably f me up more in terms of falling asleep. Um, and then also, you know, I drink a lot of coffee normally, so it's not really a huge deal. Um, and I got to drive all the way back out where my dad lives and take care of their dogs tonight anyway and i was going to make this big thing of nachos tonight but i think i'll just pick some up on the way home instead um so i'm not really worried about uh falling asleep anytime soon Doesn't all right matter. who cares all right well where should we go next do you want to talk about the sex robots we were reading about do you want to talk about millennials do you want to talk about fat people i mean you put up some great topics for discussion and i think you've got a lot Um, to say so yeah it's pretty high when i uh sent all those so i don't really remember exactly all of them but uh yeah you can pick one i don't care well like i was telling you earlier i was almost the victim of a craigslist scam recently and uh a girl that I work with thought I was gay for the last couple months. I think that's talk about that also. If you yeah, want. let's let's get in there. And just to clarify, you were you were pretty high uh, high on what? Caffeine, man. Gotcha. It's a stimulant. It's no different than PCP. Not as strong, but a stimulant nonetheless. Well, let's go the Craigslist scam. That's a nice way to ease into someone thinking you're gay. Craigslist and gay go to be- go together like butter and bread. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so this guy called himself Randy contacted me about a Craigslist post that I made. Um, I was trying to sell my car, my old car now, um, 2009 Kia Rio, if anybody wants to buy it. Um, so I posted, or I made the post, I think this was, let's say, a Monday afternoon, and I put it online for $900. Then this guy named Randy texted me. It was like, hey, uh, I want to buy your car, but I can't get it until uh, Thursday. So I'm like, all right, yeah, no problem. And he's like, well, I'll give you an extra $120 if you hold it until Thursday. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Awesome. And um, so then we're kind of texting back and forth. And it seems a little bit weird in terms of what he wants me to do because he's saying, He's moved out of state. He doesn't have time to pick it up. He's going to have the movers pick up the car and transport it up with the rest of his stuff. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. I don't care. And so he's like, I'm going to send you the check as soon as I can. Um, 
you take out the $1,020 for the car, give the rest to the movers, and they'll take the car. So I'm like, no, you send me a check for the price of the car, I give the car to whoever you want. At that point, the car's yours, you know, you can drive it off a cliff for all I care. So we go back and forth. He's sort of vague about it. Um, so then, and then, so the next day comes around, and he's like, well, I wasn't able to send the check, but I can send it tomorrow. So I'm like, okay, no problem. And then he's like, well, um, so FedEx said it went to the wrong address, but here's the tracking number. It should be there tomorrow. And so this is over the course of about a week or so. And so then I finally get the check, and it's for $3,000. And so now at this point I'm realizing that something is uh, is amiss, as they say. And the check was for was from a bank in Ohio that's like a, a facial esthetician, esthetician's office. Or something like that. The whole thing seems very uh, Craigslist scammy. And I was talking to these guys at work, and they were like, oh, yeah, that's a scam. My cousin got scammed the same way. Like, if you deposit the check, it'll bounce, and then you'll be out all this money somehow. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And so I'm kind of T.O.'d because this guy's trying to scam me. He's wasted a bunch of my time. But also, now I'm thinking, like, he doesn't know that I know it's a scam. And the guy with nothing to do, nothing to live for, really, who wants to be a cop but can't, is not the person you want to try and run a scam on. Because now I have, like, kind of something to live for. I got something to do. I'm like, all right, motherfucker, no problem. And I keep his check. I I, uh, screenshot all the text messages. I get everything together and, uh, you know, put on some long pants, didn't wear shorts, and I'm like, fuck it, I'm going down to the police station, and we're going to take this guy down. And so I go to uh, the police headquarters, downtown Greensboro. And, uh, you know, obviously I was hoping they'd be like, okay, come you know, come in. We're going to make you wear a wire, give you some hardware. You're going to go undercover. You're going to bust this guy. But, like, you know, I wasn't really expecting that to happen. So I was thinking maybe I would give them all this info. They would arrest this guy, and that would look good on me you know, when I apply to wherever. So I get down to the police headquarters. Um, I think this was Saturday morning and the doors are locked. You, you can't even, you can't get in. You have to like buzz in. So I hit the yeah, buzzer. It, the intercom, it, like where they've got a gun pointed at you if you move your hand wrong. No, not quite. But you, you certainly can't just walk in. I'm sure the police probably have a scan, a card they can scan, a, a key card to get in. I don't have one of those yet. Um, so I hit the buzzer, and the guy at the desk is like, uh, "Yeah, what can I do for you?" So I say, uh, "I need to. I wanted to say I need to talk to a, a detective, but I just said I need to talk to a police officer." And he goes, "Yeah, there's no police officers here." I'm thinking, well, this is a a huge building. In downtown Greensboro with giant letters on the sign that say Greensboro Police Department and a shitload of cop cars outside. So I have a feeling there's cops in there. So I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean there's no cop? There's no police officers in there. I need to talk to one. And he goes, well, there's none in here. What can I do for you? So I'm like, all right, well, I'd like to report a uh, possible scam. And, you know, you can just sort of like feel the guy rolling his eyes inside. And he's like, okay, well, uh, you need to call the non-emergency uh, number. 
And I was like, oh, all right, you know, I I can't talk to anybody. I can't talk to any police officers. Yeah, what and the again, f- goes, what the fuck? Goes, Why can't you see someone face to face? Aren't you? Is, aren't don't your taxes pay their salary? As they said in uh, in the Burbs, I think. Yeah, Art said in the Burbs. To the the um, garbage man. Guy? No, yeah, the garbage man. Um, he says, "I I don't pick up gar- I, I pick up garbage in cans, not off the street." It's right after actually, th- they go yeah, through all have, the garbage and spray it all over the road. Yeah, we have sort of a similar thing with the garbage guys at my house right now. But, um, but yeah, I mean, for all for all the guy at the front desk knows, I could be there say, yeah, you know, I've uh, kidnapped the president's son, and uh, I'm here to uh, to work out a ransom deal. You know, now can I talk to a fucking police officer? Anyway, so so I was understandably pretty disappointed at that point so then i leave i call the fucking non-emergency number so humiliating at this point talk to some guy who's not even a cop just like an operator there and he says okay well we'll have a police officer call you at some point soon i'm like all right thanks you know so then a couple hours later i'm at work and sure enough a cop does call me so i'm like all right maybe maybe this is this isn't so bad and so, you know, I answer the phone and say, hello. He's like, yeah, can I speak with Max? I say, yeah, it's Max. And he goes, hey, this is Officer. Uh, no, no, he says, hey, man, this is Officer so-and-so from Greensboro Police. So I'm thinking, like, don't man me. You know, be a little bit more professional. For all you know, I could have, like, a real case. I'm not – it turns out I didn't, but for all he knows, it could be a, a big deal. All right, so, quick, so, quick, quick side note. I was at Whole Foods shopping for Thanksgiving, which I want to tell you about. And some lady came up to Anna and I in the wine section where we were not shopping and said, are you guys finding everything you need? And I said, yeah, thank you. And she said, cool. And I wanted to be like, you say you're welcome there. That is what you say. It's not that hard, and it doesn't mean I'm higher than you on the social contract. It's just how we respond to thank you. Cool doesn't mean anything. I, You know, obviously the $17 an hour – hipster with a bandana fat wine steward is different than your cop, but I just had to chime in there. Should have spit in her face. Um, so, yeah, so he says, hey, man, you know, what can I do for you? And so I say, well, um, yeah, so I called the non-emergency number earlier and gave them part of the report. Did they give you the report? And he says, yeah, they did, but I like to start from scratch just so I get the full picture. I'm thinking, all right, you know, I, I can work with this. Is that kind of maybe there's some there's some hope after all. There's some there there. Yeah, there's a little something going on here. Maybe maybe me and this guy can can take this asshole down, whoever he is. And so I tell him the whole story, and he goes. Yeah, ma'am, um, since you didn't deposit the check, nothing has actually happened yet, and we can't um, do anything. So uh, best thing you can do is contact the Craigslist Fraud Department. And I was pretty deflated at that point. Oof. And so I was like, well, what if I deposit the check? Like, then can we do something? And he's like, no, it doesn't work like that. And he goes, Entrapment. We're not going to do anything. This is not a big deal. Uh, no crime has been committed. It sounds like it probably is a scam, but nothing has happened yet, so we're not going to do anything. Basically saying, 
you know, you, we don't want your help. And, uh, so I was like, all right, well, thanks. You know, and then to add insult to injury, he goes, we really appreciate you calling though. And I was like, all right, Dan, you know, go fuck yourself. And I didn't say that, but I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. And hung up. And think about it, it Max, that, that guy's a cop and you're not. Yeah. Yeah. I did think about that. And it's like the, the guy who, who is seeking out crimes to, to solve can't be a cop. Anyway, that could be a whole nother podcast. I will say that day when I was driving home as a way to sort of, you know, get back at everyone, I got in the, uh, the left-hand lane, the fast lane. The speed limit on that road is 45. I went 45 right on the dot the whole way home, and people behind me were just losing it. They couldn't have been more pissed. So what about the Rio? Where is the Rio now? The Rio, Rio is parked in front of my house where it's always been. i got to put that ad back on Craigslist, I guess. Why don't you put a sign in it that and just sell it to somebody you meet in person? Sounds like that's more your speed anyways. Yeah, yeah, I could do that. For sale by owner. Look, I yeah. I, I want to say for all those people out there listening, thinking, why would you ever sell something on Craigslist? I, I am fully in support of Craigslist. I said in last week's episode of Landline that the Internet has no good websites on it. And in fact, Craigslist is maybe my second favorite after Wikipedia, which I just donated $3 to for 2017 after donating yeah. $3 for 2016. I'm sitting in a chair I purchased on Craigslist as we speak. And I find it to be efficient. I find that you can locate some great stuff if you know how to look. Um, it's a fun activity. It's an alternative to pornography when you're surfing the Internet if you don't want to read about the news. Uh, yeah. There's a lot to like there. Um, and, you know, you can go big. You can, like, look at fancy stuff like dining room tables like I do where, you know, I, for the first three weeks I was back in Portland, I, Anna and I had no furniture in this house. We had we were stealing Internet from wherever Xfinity was sending it out from. And we were constantly looking on Craigslist. And I had a good probably two weeks of entertainment just ranting and raving about how stupid people were for thinking they could get that much money for something that they had listed and how, you know, how horrible. If you ever want to see how bad everyone's taste is, go through the Craigslist <laughs> furniture section, you know, in the uh, line it up to be either thumbnails or just photos. And you just can't believe that people think someone's going to drive 45 minutes to pick up some yellow ottoman that they've saved from ikea in their garage for the last 12 day, 12 years so i'm a craigslist guy i love craigslist and in all seriousness for those of you who don't know started by gay men in san francisco so that they could find each other to to give each other blowjobs so once again the gays triumph and i think that is a great segue into the next topic of the evening which is Someone at work thinking you were gay for two weeks. Yeah, two months. Um, Whoa. Yeah, no, I didn't even realize it until she she asked me if I would ever consider hooking up with a girl. But basically, um, what happened was, let's say two months ago, um, it was really slow. It was a Sunday, and it was really slow, and she was working up at the front desk. So I went up there. I was talking to her. And she was on. She was watching some YouTube videos 
So I was like, yo, check check this out. And I pulled up a couple of videos of The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, working out. And I was, I guess, pretty animated. And I was talking about like how, how jacked and ripped and sweaty he was and like how he has that big uh, bull tattoo on his arm. And I was pretty into it. And I didn't think of it as being particularly gay, but I guess it came off that way. And so then she more. Well, don't you think the rock is like post-sexuality? It's like there's post-partisan politics and there's like post-sexuality. He's just the rock. He's like he's an Adonis and an sexually agnostic Adonis. Yeah, I think he probably I think a lot of chicks find him pretty attractive. I'm sure a lot of dudes, dudes do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he probably does pretty well with, with ladies, I would guess. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, then fast forward about two months, and me and that girl were working again. It was a Sunday. I had a touch of food poisoning because the night before when I was drunk, I got into this ranch dip, like like real hard. It was almost like a a ranch dip overdose and I was like throwing up outside and having to hose it off the area where the dogs go to the bathroom. And it was, I was really not feeling good. And we're in this one section where there's a window. So you can see into the lobby. This guy comes in to pick up his dog and the girl um, points out the guy and she goes, Oh yeah, he's so hot. And I look at him and uh, it's actually a guy who goes to my gym. I know. And I was like, yeah, he's okay. And I was like, he's no The Rock, though. And she's like, oh, no way. He's way hotter. And I was like, fuck no. Got, again, kind of kind of worked up. I was like, you know, Rock's gigantic. He's got, you know, deliciously caramel-flavored skin, all this stuff, which in hindsight does sound super gay. And uh, so then she's like, well, if he's, he's that big and muscular and works out that much, he's probably got a, a tiny dick. And I was like, hell no, and went on for five minutes about how, if anything, his dick was too big. He's got, you know, he's like a bull. He's gigantic. And so then a couple minutes later. Wait, how does the, the, ran- how does the ranch dip f- factor in, in right there? Like, are you, like, bowled over or, like, you're going to have to run to the bathroom and blow mud at any moment? or where's- No, I-, I was just throwing up. I was throwing up probably every, you know, 15 minutes and just – physically very ill but you know mostly throwing up felt really really bad um and uh so then she's like you know can i call you can i ask you a personal question i said yeah sure go ahead and she goes would you ever consider hooking up with a girl i was like i mean i try to all the time and uh like what are you talking about and she's like aren't you gay i was like no, that I know of. And uh, so then she was like, well, you know, all that talk about The Rock and everything and explained to her that I wasn't gay. I was, you know, into fitness, into The Rock in general, but not in a sexual way. And I think she still, I think she thinks I'm like bi now or something. But Step in the right direction, I guess. Or maybe... Yeah, but then the other day when she got to work, I purposely... Uh, had my back turned to her and pulled up a video of uh, the rock working out working out on my phone so she would see it when she walked by i was like oh whoops didn't realize you were there so just messing with her now 
and you didn't feel like shame or embarrassment like you didn't go home and say this is bullshit you just don't give a shit at this point no i mean it doesn't matter to me she can think i'm gay kind of at this point wouldn't matter to me if i was gay but also i was like so fucked up from the ranch dip that i wasn't able to really defend myself for lack of better i wasn't really able to present a good case as to why i'm not gay but yeah i don't know so she thinks i'm bi i think wow speechless all right what did you do what did you do for thanksgiving um went to my stepmom's family lives in charlotte or most of her family lives in charlotte so went to uh, my cousin's house uh, pretty nice, uh, nice uh, out, you know, neighborhood on the outskirts of Charlotte. And it was sort of, I didn't really play it right because we ate, I think, at like 12.30 in the afternoon. I went super hard, obviously. And, you know, right after or after we ate, I was so full that I couldn't even think about eating again, you know, ever again. I was, I was so uncomfortably full. And then we left. An hour or two after that, and when we left, I was still way too full to think about getting leftovers, taking some home, which you know I certainly could have. And so when I got home, I didn't have any leftovers. And then, you know, 9:30 at night rolled around. I got hungry again, and that's when I sent you that that picture where I went to uh, the Sonic drive-through and uh, <laughs> just got a, a a lot of food from the Sonic drive-through and. So it was sort of like a white trash Thanksgiving at that point. Well, I got to tell you my Thanksgiving story because you'll be singularly uh, well-versed in making fun of me for the whole thing. So uh, just me, Anna, and Homer in Portland. We chose not to go to any friends. We chose not to have anyone over. We No family was in town. We weren't traveling because it's kind of nice. Like I don't need to have it be every Thanksgiving for the rest of my life, but being able to have just like no family stress – or organization or socializing for one out of every three Thanksgivings. Not so bad, right? I mean, we got to do the day exactly how we wanted. TV could be where we wanted it or not. We went on a great walk in the woods with the dogs. We, um, you know, I got got really into curating the farmer's market to table menu and (laughs) bought a $70 turkey. Which, which was only 12 pounds, by the way. Um, oh. Talked to the farmer who grew it and slaughtered it. Um, I was Maybe like, it was a really smart turkey when it was alive. Definitely. It had at least a, a bachelor's, and I would say a grad degree, um, judging yeah. by how it tasted. And, uh, you know, like went nuts at the farmer's market getting everything. And we weren't even having like all these different types of stuff because we got to choose what we wanted, which was just turkey, mashed, stuffing gravy some brussels sprouts um and then pie like two different pies and you know i i was even like i was like you know what i'm really i gotta live this lifestyle that i'm doing and you know how i work every week and what i advocate for and i'm gonna make even the pie with farmer's market butter so i'm was it wait was it rhubarb and blackberry pie no it was apple it was actually apple cranberry crisp and just a traditional pecan pie. Ugh, so pedestrian. Sorry. 
Uh, well, don't worry. This story turns out horribly for me. So, <laughs> so you know, blah, blah, blah. Anna and I had had this really fun conversation about, like, the signature cocktail because the signature cocktail is really big in our family. And we were – the previous week we had a long-winded, like, analysis of when you should start drinking on Thanksgiving and how, you know, you really can't get drunk twice at, on any night ever, whether it's tailgating for a football game or – drinking in front of the TV during the Super Bowl or anything you have it's it's like you know it's like anything you're never going to be as drunk and happy about it as you are when you have that first peak once you start to get hungover it's all downhill so drinking mouthy I think, I think Mike and Noah would would differ well they just so. have a long steady they're like the sting of drinking they they like tantrically drink they can do it yeah. for like 10 hours and do like an entire, you know, split a 30 pack of Keystone Light and still be peaking at the end of it. So, <laughs> so, you know, and we also discussed how weed is the perfect Thanksgiving drug, not only because you get stoned and you get the munchies, but because it's like a way for you to feel good about everyone you're hanging out with. You look on the bright side of your, you know, social engagements with your family. You can like sort of laugh at things and have more fun with the board games you're playing and like be, you know, have a better time playing like hoops in the in the driveway with your nephew or whatever it is so i i keep off the booze until i don't know probably three thirty four. i do a, a do a little homegrown oregon homegrown um probably two in the afternoon to get the cooking started like any good chef would and yeah. i've got a 20 dollar block of butter from the grass-fed irish buttery at the farmer's market yeah. And, you know, I've got all this crap. And so I'm making everything. And um, last week, the oven had was broken. And this this repairman named Evan, who had about nine teeth and spoke like a woman on the phone, came over and repaired it. He put a new motherboard in and it was like a three way call with the landlord on the iPhone to get him over there then he looked at it he was a nice enough guy totally you know a repairman i have nothing to, negative to say to him about except his voice and his dental work and and you know he looked got to order a part okay evan we'll schedule a time next week we're, we're three weeks into the broken oven and he fixes it and puts a brand new motherboard in this sixty five hundred dollar kitchen aid range top with a griddle and a hood that my landlord had installed in this thing you know years ago before he moved in like just not an oven anyone needs unless they are like the, you know, master chef for William Sonoma's catalog every holiday season. So we're 45 minutes into preheating the oven with a with a pecan pie that I seemingly didn't get all the ingredients for and had to make twice because I like bought molasses instead of corn syrup and. I had made my own pie dough from scratch with the $20 butter that was like not made properly because pie dough is impossible to make, even in the Cuisinart. If, I'm, I'm amazing at cooking and I'm horrible at baking because I have no patience and I hate reading directions. So the pie dough is melting. I'm like got this next slop of molasses, maple syrup, pecan pie filling that's been made horribly. And I'm I'm in I'm in I'm in 50 bucks and we haven't even put the turkey on the, you know, barbecue rotisserie 
and the oven is smelling like plastic. And I'm like, God, what the fuck is going on with this thing? Like our pies are going to smell like plastic and I'm a little bit stoned. So I'm getting aggravated and like I really want to drink. But I told myself I wasn't going to have one till cocktail hour. Ultimately, I'm out stoking the mesquite chips for the turkey, the $70 turkey. And I just there's a big pop and I go I poke my head inside and I look at Anna and the oven has just completely failed. (laughs) So mind you, this is Thanksgiving. I know this is a long winded story, but I'm now in the middle of a Thanksgiving half stoned, not drunk, alone with my wife and my seven month old son, neither of whom can cook. I've got. Probably because I've just run around and not even thought about it. $300 worth of farmer's market food. No oven to cook it in. And like a fledgling fire in my barbecue as it's raining down on me. And I'm supposed to get a $70 turkey trussed out of its brine, trussed and onto the barbecue spit for it to rotisserie for the next three hours. A little bit of a low moment for this family Thanksgiving plan. Well, at least you... uh deal with cooking stress well anyways things turned around we had a bottle of sparkling from the willamette valley and you know 12 oysters from the oregon coast um and the turkey i undercooked of course and the pies were unedible we had to cook them on the barbecue (laughs) they tasted like smoke they weren't finished the pecan pie was awful um and we basically had no edible desserts for thanksgiving just showed up at Mitch's house. Mitch invited me, and I turned him down because I had such a bucolic vision of my own Thanksgiving with my three-person family. Although, don't they do, like, a meatless Thanksgiving? I don't know whether there was meat or not. His his wife is vegan, and he's a, Mitch is an amazing vegan cook. He makes some really good meatless food. But I wasn't going to be in a meatless environment at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Just not how I roll. I was at a, with a, a graduate degree turkey instead. Yeah. I mean, the vegan diet is idiotic to begin with. Well, we'll, t- we'll tease your analysis of that for next show. Maybe you can do that one from the Sonic parking lot. Although, judging by how well it seems Mitch is doing on the tennis court, maybe it's not so idiotic. Ooh, has he been keeping you abreast of uh, his tennis prowess? Oh, I mean... Not really. All right. Well, he beat me, and Gabe beat me at tennis. Talk about a low moment. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's kind of weird is how uh, in England they they won't say somebody's named something. They'll say somebody's called something. Like the re- repairman called Darren instead of the repairman named Darren. Yeah. Yeah. There's another English saying that's pretty weird that I was thinking of recently. Uh, I'll think of it for the next podcast. All right, that's Max, everyone. Remember, call the landline, 503-894-8480. It's available 24 hours a day. Leave a message if we don't answer. Um, Landline, new episodes available on SoundCloud, available on on iTunes, under landline podcast talk for a living is down it's not coming back nobody went to it and other than that new episodes every tuesday see you next tuesday is becoming the closing moniker for the show what do you think of that max i think it works see you next tuesday on landline thanks to max thanks to sheets thanks to monster energy 
thanks to the farmer's market, thanks to the holiday season, thanks to Keto Coffee. Anyone else you want to thank? Thanks to Kia. Thanks to Craigslist. Thanks to Phoebe for being our listener. (laughs) And we will uh, see you again next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday on Landline Podcast. Bye, Max. Okay. Call me tomorrow. Bye. Bye. The best thing you can do to support the show is tell a friend. Music by the Pitchfork Revolution out of Bend, Oregon. We're taking this show to the top, baby. Best of all.